Alright, where are we? Spotify. Alright, cool. cool. Close in private browser. Right, ready? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast, where we discuss all things that are proper quality. And today we continue the story of one of the most quality geezers, I'd say probably the most quality geezer in the world of martial arts, martial arts films, in, 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 in several different areas he goes into. But his name is Bruce Lee, and where we are on the journey is where he is about to become the big boss. Or, or the being boss, a, the big boss, not the small boss, the big no. boss. Big boss of many things here. So, yeah, yeah, it's good to be back for part five. I mean, I'm excited for this one. This is where his career really takes off and he becomes the icon that we really know him as. So, yeah, I'm Paddy Stanton, and you're obviously the only one, the one and only Lewis Sanchez. So, um, yeah, the one the... and only, the sad and lonely. Yeah, <laughs> it's very accurate. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good intro for Brewster, actually, except you didn't, you forgot to bring up the fact that he was also a born and bred scouser as well. London, the Londoner, the big boss, the Londoner, Bruce Lee. That's yeah. why he's a big boss, because we use boss in our slang, scout terminology. Boom. That's why he named the film Big Boss. There we go. He's a Liverpool fan. Londoner, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Can't wait for you to get beat later. Bruce Lee, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as you say, Mr. Paddy Stanton joining me again. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on the journey. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be good. We're finally getting to the point where he's going to be starring in his own his own films. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's exciting to go through as well. I imagine you've got a lot of, lot of good info and research, so it'd be good to know the behind the scenes because, like, I know the films, you know, some of them are better than others. Um, you know, his most famous ones are in here as well. But it'll be interesting to see to hear some some behind the scenes stuff as well. Definitely, Gazer. Those those scenes will be getting uh, getting. I will be going behind those scenes. Those scenes will be getting yeah. taken from the behind if I was. It's the only thing you're going behind. It is very it very much is. So five years. Four, five years. Five years. Yeah, yeah. So this is 1971. And Raymond Chow had just signed a contract with Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee had just signed a two-picture deal to make films with Golden Harvest. Now, Raymond Chow wanted to fly Bruce Lee straight to Thailand for the filming, as he didn't want anyone from the Shaw Brothers to try to poach him while he, while he was in Hong Kong. Uh, the Shaw Brothers, obviously the biggest, uh, the biggest film studio in in hong kong basically dominated the film industry and golden harvest just starting out uh but bruce he wanted to show that he was his own man and not a pawn to be moved around so what he did was he flew to hong kong and stayed at the airport only long enough to greet a friend and then flew to bangkok in thailand where the film was uh, was being made The place they were filming was incredibly impoverished and Bruce's weight dropped from 145 pounds to 128 pounds. 
Bergen meets shakes. Not enough burger meat shakes. He couldn't, he couldn't even get them. He probably had the shakes from not having burger meat. And he, but uh, yeah, I don't think this weight loss was was uh, down from from diet. I don't think it was down to diarrhea. But but yeah, because the the village had no beef and very little pork and chicken, so not great times. Uh, shit, that, that reminds me of when you tried to be a veggie that time. Said well, a couple times you tried to do that, haven't you? Why don't you tell everyone how that went? I mean, the thing was, is I was a vegetarian apart from when the meat was free or i was drunk it it was you know it's 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 uh, it is difficult it's very difficult uh but but I, I managed to do it for about a year um and and yeah not 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 a great not a great year but yeah yeah you attempted it and you've heard of mind sweeping of the drinks of alcohol and you're out mm. but maybe with the mind sweep of the takeaways you just see little chicken bites and he just he just couldn't help himself just dig into cold cold fried chicken no i wasn't that bad i was waiting for someone to offer offer it to me um yeah to be fair though i was drunk most of that year anyway so uh, it was yeah unlike any more eh no no still still yeah. sober yeah. go get your geese wiser beers people it's out there get your geezer rum captain geezers the lot yeah geese back wine it's all still out there bargain booze you know i am um, I had too much on Friday night myself, and I drank out all my whole stock. So I'm just waiting to hear back from the, the sponsorships. They haven't got back to me in a few, few weeks later. I'm getting a bit worried that my pockets aren't getting filled enough. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? Not nice. No. Yeah. Follow that yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So, so Bruce Lee, he, he wasn't meant to be the star of the big boss. There was another star that was was being groomed to be the, the star of the film and his name was james chen and raymond chow i think offered to make a film specifically for bruce but golden harvest pretty new didn't have the budget to be you know going out there and making like a 100 films and and they didn't have time to wait so he reluctantly shoehorned bruce into this film so basically james chen was kind of like daniel bryan no, sorry, James Chen was basically like Batista, and Bruce Lee was kind of like Daniel Bryan in a way, you know, shoehorning him into the main event. But they, uh. Sounds like a geezer. I think, uh, just reading as well, the on, on screen, though, he would play the villain quite a lot, this James Chen. So that way he was always a villain on supporting roles as, as the heel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, good-looking bloke, James Chen, you know, if I was... Yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely see, like, like just by looking at the geezer, I can see why he would be groomed to be, like, the, the top star, because he, he has the look yeah. of, of a kung fu star, and, and his acting was all right, you know. What do you think of those sideburns, though? He's got mutton chops going on. Sideburns? Let me have a look. See, yeah. In the film, he, he didn't have any. It must have been a bit, when he was a bit older, there's a picture of him here with a cigar and some uh, some mutton chops going on. I'm, I've got to say, oh, yeah. I'm, not a fan of the old mutton chops, even when the Rock had them. Yeah, that must have been after the old, uh, old Big Boss. Uh, yeah, not yeah. So he, right, if you Google it, him, if you Google him, you're not going to find the best pictures of him. <laughs> but he, if it, there we go. If if you scroll down, you see him in the Big Boss in the white shirt. That's that's the that's the James Chen that I would if I was. You have uh, quite big mutton chops sometimes, don't you? Are you still rocking the, the, the scraggly beard or not? Yeah, still got the old beard going on, still got the old facial hair. The, the porn star moustache and that, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I suppose the porn watcher moustache, really. Um, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, though, when it comes to the mutton chops, I quite like them. I, I, I do quite like them. I, I like the old sideburns. You're a big fan, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I might get some myself if, if I'm able to grow them, grow them properly. Yeah, you've yeah. got to grow the locks back. We want the hair down to your shoulders again. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, we want the full-on mutton chops. That would be a look. Definitely, definitely. So the cast and crew were envious and resentful towards Bruce Lee as he was making $7,500, whereas the, whereas the rest of the actors were making at most $400, which is yeah, quite, quite a big drop off that. Yeah, fucking hell. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Also, most of them were friends with James Chen and it felt like Bruce was stealing his spot. And they, they'd already been filming with James Tien for a week when uh, when Bruce turned up, I believe. And the director, Wu Chow, I'm getting that all messed up. Um, he, he threw Bruce into a fight scene and wanted him to engage in the typical fight choreography used in Kung Fu films, uh, which was drawn from combat scenes used in like Cantonese opera. And th- th- those sort of fight scenes often feature like 50 separate movements uh, mm. bruce hadn't grown up like learning cantonese opera and unlike the stuntman and, and other action stars he didn't spend his youth drilling dozens of kung fu forms from from dawn to dusk uh, so bruce found this style of fight choreography unrealistic and said that in mandarin movies everyone fought the same and they were so intricate they lacked the sense of danger and therefore didn't draw any visceral engagement from the audience and, and yes, it basically, it's it's like everyone else there was like a luchador, and Bruce yeah. was was like like a Daniel Bryan, someone who just wanted yeah, to do yeah. kicks and and moves. And he was like this 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 luchador business. It seems like it's too cooperated. It doesn't seem like it's real fighting. Mm. It's like the difference between watching a like a CMLL match or AAA, and then watching Randy Savage or Ricky Steamboat. You got to go out. You got to feel the crowd, bro. You got to feel the crowd. The palm of your hands. None of this fake non-shooter shite. We want to shoot. We want to feel it. Well, I don't know about shooting. But, well, to be to, to be fair, talking about shooting, Bruce Lee when he was like when he was doing his uh, his films, obviously he was trying not to hurt anyone. But mm. he, it would be like pretty much a shoot, apparently, according to quite a few of the stuntmen. You know, you'd, you'd feel it when he was in, you'd get used used in a scene with Bruce Lee. Did he ever really hurt someone or injured anyone before? Uh, he did stiff someone. On the um on the set of um what was it Enter the Dragon but we'll we'll come to that later but yeah he's 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 like he has hurt people on the scene but on on in his films but I think it was mostly uh, unintentional mm. and it it would be the reason one of the reasons why he would when he you know like the big bad guys in his films uh, what he would do is he'd try to get actual fighters to play right. those roles that's why you had chuck norris and bob uh, bob baker in the films because you know they're, they're professional fighters yeah. so they can they can take the, the hits a lot more so if they actually did get hit then they could take it couldn't they yeah yeah and and again a lot of these people like in in the scenes with, with stuntmen so you know that that's that's their job to get they get hit but bruce yeah i don't think he intended to hurt anyone most of the time uh but he you know it just it's, it's, it's hard not to when you've got the power of bruce yeah because i'm sure if he did so okay like i don't 
might touch on this, but I don't know if Bruce ever got sued on set, but I'm sure if he uh, if he did injure someone like that, he probably would have got a couple of lawsuits on me. Yeah, maybe. I think I, I don't know what the culture. Maybe if he was making them in America, because most of these films were filmed abroad in uh, in in Hong Kong or in um in 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 Italy when it comes to to the way of the dragon. Uh, so I think if he was dealing with the 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 American film industry, they'd probably be more likely to sue him. Also, not 19... real men, them young Sally. Well, I mean, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with you know wanting to protect yourself. Yeah. Also, it's the 1970s as well, so I imagine it's it's a different different time. When men were men. I don't know. Did you uh, did you finish the Undertaker podcast with Joe Rogan, by the way? I have not. No, I've, I've only started listening to the. He, he was he was talking about all of his injuries and stuff, and I was eating dinner at the time. And I was like, oh, fuck it, now. I had to turn <laughs> it off. No, you want to hear? No, no, but it's quite a lot of backlash has come out of it because the the old typical vet, you know, mindset. Uh, he comes out and basically says, um, when men were men, you know, when we were in the locker room in the eighties and we were doing drugs, we weren't playing these damn video games, man. And he was like, I just liked when men were men. And then all like the new generation are just like, um, I'd prefer to live and play video games than just to, to snort and take pills and die at 40, thanks. Yeah. Oh, I do agree with that, to be honest. It's one, it's one of them where uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely better the way it is today than uh, back in the day where everyone's dying at 40 and doing all these, doing all these ribs where they fucking throw people's keys off a roof. Or they, they drive someone to 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 a place and don't tell them it's a KKK rally or like you know shit like that they used to do back in the day. Shitting in people's I think Bruce was a ribber. Um, I don't know to be. I don't think so. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the Green Hornet where he sort of with that that bit in that fight scene where he he you know the other guy kind of thought it it was it was real for a second. So in in a way he was, but not. I don't think he was a malicious ribber. I think he was. Um, he did have an anger problem, though, which we will we will talk about later. Oh yeah, Napoleon com- complex, I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Bruce, yeah, he he wasn't really. He didn't really. He wasn't really uh, used to the the style of the. He he wasn't really trained in the Cantonese opera fight style. And what he wanted to do was dispatch opponents with one kick, one kick each. And the director said that he only knew three kicks and gave him the nickname uh, Free Kick Lee. And Bruce, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and 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 that that nickname would like because uh, Bruce was a bit of a sim, a sex symbol. That 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 nickname would become come to be known as like a bit of a double entendre. You know, third leg being the. the, the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bruce had a massive third leg, did he? He might have done. He might have done. That might have been where you know when his dragon entered. Oh, 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 when he entered oof. that dragon, the way of the the way of that leg. Oh, oh, the way of the dragon, mate. Fish to fury. The the fucking the 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 the, the penis to fury. <laughs> Maybe these uh, these film names have got new meanings now. The, the yeah. whole of them are double entendres. I've just realised. Fist of fury into fist and. Yeah, game of death. What was what's going on there? What was your Oof, what oh. kinky stuff was he? Is he tying people up there and BDSM? Bruce Lee is into BDSM confirmed. Well, allegedly. Well, I don't know. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. 
any lawyers out there, we're not we're not saying that. We're not saying that. But anyway, no. kinky guy. That's all I'm saying. No, no, we, we I don't know if he was a kinky guy, but um, but who knows? Kind of like like the uh, five move. It's his version of five moves of doom. It, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that's a good comparison. It's like John Cena or like like the Rock. Or Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think. I like to think of him as like the Stone Cold of, um, of 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 Stone Cold of martial arts films, really. Where he Stone Cold, a lot of what he did was quite basic, quite punching and kicking, do a stunner, maybe do one one or two moves, but it was it was visceral. It was like you you don't want to you don't want to see like if he was like. You know, because he did have the ability to be like a Bret Hart type person, do all the technical wrestling, yeah. but that wasn't what drew the visceral emotion out of the audience, no. and that that's what made him stand out. You know, very much like Bruce Lee, like you know, if he was doing, if he was dispatched someone with like fifty different moves, then it wouldn't have got the same reaction to when he pops up on screen, does one kick and like floors him, floors someone like that gets you. Fuck it, that's what made him stand out. Yeah, it's all about that impact. Impact of that third leg, eh? Yeah, eh? So Bruce Lee said he wanted to direct his own fight scenes, which I imagine, you know, added to the friction. And also, people were probably a bit sceptical that Bruce Lee would be good in this role, as he was mostly known as a child and teenage actor, uh, and not really an action movie star at this point. It, it would sort of be if like Robert Patterson um, was, was, like, cast in Batman or something like that. Anyway... Hey. Hey. Emo, so, Batman. emo Batman uh, so, so Bruce had been accustomed to the Hollywood system where the big star could get fu- get people fired and people sort of bended to the will of the big star and like bowed down to him but in the, the Chinese uh, in the Hong Kong movie system a uh, director was seen as like the authority figure and actors were like factory workers and they they obeyed the director so they uh, so both bruce lee and and the director uh, complained to raymond chow and raymond chow watched the footage and was impressed with lee and marked him as the amazing free leg lee which is well that that, that was the double entendre free leg lee i should say that's where the penis comes into it uh, and yeah the the, the press they, Old hunk Samo Hung. That's I mean, you know, if if he was if Samo Hung was a ladies' man, he he could have, you know, good old nickname there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, definitely put Coburn to shame, didn't he? They definitely got had a measuring contest on that that trip when they had that trip. Um, and to, uh, yeah, but he hungly won. To be fair, that could be part of the reason for the animosity. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Coburn just wants to be three like Coburn, but he, he just he, he couldn't. He just he we weren't worthy enough. Yeah, who knows? Again, we, we don't we don't we have no proof that Bruce Lee had a bigger penis than James Coburn or they or they compared. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, so when the press discovered this, they that that's yeah, they gave him the nickname uh free leg the amazing free they they ran with a nickname basically. Anyway ran with the gimmick, brother. Ran with a gimmick um yeah so raymond chow he invested a lot of money in bruce as as i say there you know his contract alone was quite big for hong kong cinema and he decided to fire the director i can't pronounce his name and he hired the director that we mentioned earlier who came over from the shaw brothers low way and low way 
he was pretty much quite similar to the director who'd just gone. He demanded obedience from his actors and wasn't willing to cooperate with his actors. He also expected Bruce to be grateful to him. So a real like clash of cultures yeah. here. Do you think that's a culture thing, or like do you think it was an like an era thing, like generational? Because it's not like that now with directors and actors. Like I imagine the actors, like a lot of a lot of the big ones have the power, don't they? Um. Hmm. And it all depends. I think it, I, I'd say it's like that now. I think it's probably a lot more passive aggressive now um, than than it used to, than it was probably back then. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I think I think it depends on the names really. If you're a massive name, mm. like like sort of watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? If if Will Smith, if Will Smith was to say like, oh, I don't like this director. The director'd be gone. But if Colton. I mean, no, Colton's a big character. Let's say, like, uh, I don't know, Jeffrey the Butler. Like, if he was to say, oh, I don't like this director, then, yeah. or, you know, and it was it was a big-name director, then possibly, you know, Jeffrey the Butler would be got, gone. So I think it depends on the names, really. Yeah, 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 that makes sense, I guess. But yeah. to be fair, this uh, they've got to have balls to be uh, treating Bruce Lee like that, these directors. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So the director was also a very hands-off director and he wouldn't really be interested in the details of the films. Uh, he would listen to dog and horse races during the scenes. He got the nickname Awesome Wells for his booming baritone voice, his weight, his ego, his anger and his tendency to cast himself in his own films. And Bruce refused to refer to him by his title uh, instead of addressing him as low way a, a shocking breach of etiquette um so yeah this low low way getting on bruce's nerves and uh i think also another thing that contributed to it was the fact that bruce comes from the american uh, hollywood system where mm. you know the script is very you know planning is very big and very important where apparently, and like the script, you know, you, you've given a script, you know exactly what's going to happen, where you're going to be, what you're going to do. Where apparently, according to Bruce, or according to the book, in these Hong Kong films, um, basically they they write down a few. The script might be three pages and just a basic outline, and you they just sort of wing it, kind of wing it, yeah, pretty much. And Bruce <laughs> even the dialogue, yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. that's what it seems like. And I mean, I don't know if that maybe that was just a golden harvest thing or that was the whole industry. But the way it was sort of portrayed in the book is that that's what they basically did at the time. That was their way of working. And and yeah, so so Bruce probably not impressed with that either. No, no, that's uh, it's interesting. Like, how could you make a whole entire film without like some strategic planning and script writing and dialogue? No wonder yeah. they were probably a bit naff. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of them where, but on the other hand, is it better to like not do all that planning than do loads of planning? And it turns out the guy you did all the research on turns out to be a racist. And and and, and I'm never going to use this John Wayne knowledge. Never going to use it. I never never didn't. No, you never will, unfortunately, because I, I it would be a podcast you'd have to do on your own, unfortunately. Yeah. So I've recently uh, discovered cause in, in that in that. When in part one, the whole point was about how, like, you know, people don't really, people just take what the popular opinion is. Like, oh, this guy's a racist. They won't check it out for themselves. So they'll just go, oh, yeah, I've heard he's a racist. Well, he's a racist. 
and and that that was sort of my one of my points there but when it comes so i've only recently like actually probably probably about two days ago actually went went and actually looked at what john wayne said and and yeah no he does seem like a racist i think people (laughs) have got that they've got that one right yeah 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 yeah. um you give the people the benefit of the doubt too much don't you yeah he's he's um yeah well, say then because obviously I, i'm with you like I, I just hear you know stories i don't know exactly what he said well if, if anyone out there wants to listen to to what he said then uh you tune into the council episode one of the council count the council 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 <laughs> see i I'd wish i work on that one I wish I picked a different name, but it's such a like, half of the half of the thing is the name. <laughs> yeah, the name's good. It's just it's such a fucking tongue twister. Yeah, I mean, I I, I struggle to pronounce things at the best of times. Too. We have yeah. confirmed you say favorite, favorite, favorite. No favorite. I might but, just, I might start giving that a go. See if we can do it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, he, he said some. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. Um, I I don't want to bring everyone down, but he's he's basically, you know, he, he talks about slavery and uh, he talks about like go investigate it for yourself. I, I recommend that for people. Like, you know, don't take people's opinions at facts because sometimes opinions get overblown and things taken out of context. And I've only sort of read snippets from the, from from the Playboy interview with uh, with with John Wayne, so he could have been taken out of context. However, when you read it, it's, it's, it's like it's very hard for what he said to be taken out of context. It seems like he pretty much said what he meant with those comments. Uh, so re- read them for yourself. It's it's uh, it's not nice. It's not nice. Slavery was a choice, man. He didn't say that. I didn't go that far. But he <laughs> he uh, yeah, he's just. Um, I think the stuff he said about the Native Americans was quite bad as well. Uh, but a bit of homophobia in there as well. So yeah. <laughs> Foxy. Yeah. Cancelled. Yeah, cancelled. Yeah. Anyway, so Bruce didn't get on with the stunt director Han y- Han Yin Chen, who played the big boss, and Han wanted Cantonese opera movements, and Bruce wanted a more realistic uh, fighting style, as as we said before, and they ended up compromising, and and you can sort of see that really, especially in the last scene where it is a mixture of like. Way Bruce yeah. usually fights, and the more intricate, uh, the more intricate Cantonese opera style movements. Um, and when we talk about the film in a second, it we'll, we'll get on to. I, I thought it worked quite well. Yeah, no, it does. It's not quite as like uh, the like ferocity as like the the next couple of films, where mm. uh, you can tell like the the building to that, and like he's he's finding like his his groove in a way. Definitely, yeah. Uh, this was also the first film where we saw Bruce Lee taste his own blood, which he took from a student, Larry Hartshell, um, a, a, a martial arts student, I presume, not just a, the guy who's might be one of his classmates, um, and t- told him about a barb ruler who tasted his own blood and freaked <laughs> out his opponent, which is very interesting. I mean, that, that would freak you out, you know. That would. That's, uh, that's one way to get hepatitis as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... It's, it's weird, like, Bruce Lee tastes his own blood. Everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, look at, oh, he's, he's, oh, he's an icon. Look at that. Oh, how cool is that? But when, you know, you eat your own bogey, oh, he's disgusting. <laughs> Double standards. Yeah. Anyway. You definitely so, eat your own bogeys, though, don't you? Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say, I didn't say that. You I'll tell you one. Flicker. 
I'm, I'm a discreetly wipe it on in my, in my pocket. <laughs> but what annoys me, actually, talking about bogeys, you could skip past this bit because I know some people <laughs> don't like talking about the bogeys. But, but yeah, it's important stuff. It's important stuff. Like, like what annoyed me was back when I was a kid, people, like, if you, if I, so, you know, I quite like a good, good nose pick. And, uh, and, and people would like, when I picked my nose, people go, oh, he picked his nose and picked his nose and, 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 and ate it. And I'd be like, what, what are you on about? I've just picked my nose. I didn't eat it. Why'd you presume I ate it? Like, oh, yeah, I picked my nose. Yeah, fair enough. But don't just keep say that I've eat, eaten it. I've not eaten it. Probably because they're the ones that eat it and they're just insecure and they, they, they can't admit it to themselves. They're the eaters. Yeah. I've yeah. never been an eater. I'll happily admit that. Yeah. Don't take your insecurities out on me. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that, that Germany manager who's... <laughs> Oh, um, he happily on like worldwide TV will eat his own. Yeah, I got his name, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think Bruce Lee was an eater or a picker or did he get a flicker or what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I see. There's no nose picking in his book, so um, <laughs> so maybe he just didn't pick his nose. Maybe he's yeah, he's just had that ability to not have any bogeys. Yeah, he was that disciplined in his mind that he was just like, there is no itch in my nose. There is nothing. Yeah, I am the bogey. See, what happens is you pick your nose, you become the bogey. Mm, you yeah, like exactly. bogey, geezer. Put bogey into a finger and the, the finger become, yeah, becomes the bogey. And, yeah, <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, yeah, true. He had that much control over his body. Yeah, it's remarkable. So the director leveraged James Chen and Bruce Lee because one of them would have to die at the end of Act One. And whoever wasn't going to die would be the lead of the actual film. So when it came time, I think, to, to film the death, they still hadn't decided the script. As I say, it was only three pages long, um, this script, which was common in, in Hong Kong films. Um, and, and yeah, as you said, the directors and the producers, they'd make it up while filming. A bit like WCW. But uh, in, in this in this way, it sort of turned out well, actually. Anyway, yeah, not like WCW 2000. Then. Not like that, exactly. If you want more info on this, then listen to That's Why It Was Bollocks, Vince Russo edition. Definitely, definitely. So one day, the director Bruce wanted uh, wanted Bruce to do exaggerated Cantonese pantomime techniques, and Bruce refused to do them. So he asked J- James Chen to do the scenes, and the next day Bruce was more cooperative and seemed to gain some more respect for the director after that. So. He was sort of, you know, flexing his position and playing them off against each other in, in a way. And um, and yeah, they decided to kill James Chen at the end of Act One. And I think the reason they did that is because I think they, they filmed like a few of the fights. Like, they weren't filming in sequence, I don't believe. Um, and they, they they viewed the dailies um, and they they looked at the scenes and they looked at Bruce and James Chen and they were like, no, yeah, Bruce is the star. Yeah, like like you said, they probably like while the film is going on and the seeing how talented Bruce is, they probably made the mind up while you know as it's going on. Like you said, there was no real plan, but I bet you Jack James must have felt backstabbed. Do you reckon he was pissed off? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, maybe at the time he was, but it's all about who you know. And getting in there with Bruce Lee served him very well over the next couple of years because he would he would go on to be in, in most of Bruce's other films. So he, they must have got on quite well for him to cu- keep coming back. 
So this this uh, in this film we had Bruce's only ever sex scene on film. Be uh, in that the, third leg getting put to you say that third leg, that third leg, and the female as well that he had the sex scene with, pretty pretty decent. So in in the director's cut, after Bruce decided to fight the big boss and throw all his worldly goods in the river, Bruce goes back to have sex with the woman again before the fight and steals a packet of rice crackers from her bed but i believe in in the cut that that's the most popular one and the one that i think i've seen um they cut that scene out so all you see is like bruce one scene i think he's throwing his his bag in the river and then the next scene you just see him with the rice crackers and they, they cut out the bit where he goes back again to uh to get abby away so, um, <laughs> so if anyone wonders why he's randomly eating rice crackers, that's why. Just got a bit peckish after a hard sesh. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong I mean, with it. Upper rice crackers, though, to be fair, one from something a bit more filling. Yeah, true. But there's no no pork and chicken in in the place, was there? So you know, can that's you do? So why did they cut that bit out then? Do you think? I have no idea. There's it's, it's, it's many different versions of of the film. I imagine the the, the version I saw was like a version that was um so i think i watched it on dvd so maybe like uh you know didn't didn't illegally stream it or anything like that didn't illegally watch any pirated version you know never do that uh, i think again um, for breaking down what bruce hmm. did you know for the the stereotype the asian man like sex scenes for asian pe- actors that wasn't really like a, a thing because the Asian man was portrayed as this like weak you know frail person that was basically you know didn't get girls and Certainly could be virgins, and like I know, I mentioned this in the first part, but again, there's, there's a, a prime example of how Bruce was trying to break down that that stereotype and that barrier. In, in a way, I suppose, yeah. Um, I think when we get on to Enter the Dragon, it's very, it's very telling what what happens in in, in that in, in that film. Um, but but yeah, sort of. But anyway, in in the scene where Bruce had to face down the big boss's German Shepherd, um, Bruce didn't want to attack the dog, um, and some say he, he was afraid of the dog, and um, and you know, so if that's true, yeah, Bruce is afraid of dogs, and yeah, nothing nothing wrong with that. So you know, everyone goes, oh oh you, oh you, you're weak, you're weak, you, you know, you had to, you, you you don't like dogs, you're afraid of dogs. I am weak, but not for that reason. Dogs are, are vicious bastards. Yeah, Bruce Lee confirmed cat person as well. I reckon him and Maggie would have gone on. I mean, they would have some heated debates, like, but I would have liked to have been uh, been in the room for that. Yeah, I'd, actually, to be honest, I do think dog. He had a pet dog. They had a family dog, but so maybe he's just afraid of that dog. Maybe that German Shepherd, which is a bit shifty, was a bit of a bastard. Well, that's always on the last part, didn't I? I got bitten by a German Shepherd. I, I hate German Shepherds, and there uh, again, another thing me and Bruce have in common: the fact that was Scouse. The fact we hate German shepherds and, you know, a multitude of other things. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was from London, but, but yeah, but yeah, he's, but yeah, German shepherds, yeah. Bastards. Not, not, bastards. Never yeah. trust a German shepherd. Never trust a German shepherd. Not not shepherds that come from Germany, though, like the actual people who are just workers, shepherds, they're all right, nothing against them, no, don't, don't have a go at us. But, 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 the, but the dogs are oh, vicious, vicious. Apart from guide dogs, they're all right. Yeah. So th- yeah. So they had to bring in a second dog, which they put under anis- anesthetic. And 
Bruce when in the scene where he jumps over the dog, apparently he also uh, sprained his ankle. Um, I don't know if it's specifically that scene actually, but he, he sprained his ankle on a high jump. And in his fight with the big boss, uh, they added a bit where Bruce cuts his ankle so it could explain his limp during the fight. So that's interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. Onset injuries. Uh, so either can even happen to the, to the best of us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so apparently back in Hong Kong as well, martial arts films, they didn't really care about getting permission to put songs in their films. They just feature music, you know, if, if they wanted to. And you kind of get that in this film as apart from um, Pink Floyd, sort of the intro bit from Pink Floyd's song Time is featured multiple times in this film. Like usually when Bruce is going off, like running off to, to get to a fight, it builds the suspense. But this this must have come in like a re-release of the film because I don't think that song came out until 1974. So it must have been like the, mm. on the re-released version of the, the DVD I saw. Right. <clears throat> so they weren't really known for their, their soundtracks as, as then these type of films? Uh, no. I mean, well, I mean, it, I think so, some of them were... Uh, I suppose it depends what film, really. But mm. yeah, they, they, they didn't really... Um, yeah, they, they, they never really sought permission to, to use the music. Um, yeah, I, I know when uh, when they started distributing a lot of these films in America, um, the producers be, be watching them, and at least he said that like one of them, someone said that like five different films used the, sh- the Shaft soundtrack, but like, they just like fuck it, we're <laughs> gonna put it in there. So, so uh, more suits waiting to happen there. More suits waiting to waiting to go off. So now we arrive at the actual film, The Big Boss. So, have you seen the Big Boss, the older, the old? No. So, I generally have only seen like clips from the Big Boss. Uh, some of the, uh, the obviously the with the fight scene with the Big Boss himself. Um, yeah, the Big Boss himself. I I think that was some. It was good casting. I thought he was a he had a cool look to him, didn't he? With the little uh, the little goatee and that. It's quite uh, yeah, quite uh, mysterious as well. I thought so. Yeah, the fight scenes were really good in it. But as far as the film goes, no, never seen that. Uh, what was it like? It was all right. It's not too bad. Um, we'll quickly run, run through the film and we'll probably talk about the fight scenes more in depth. But I'll, I'll quickly run through the film. So Bruce arrives in this new place with his uncle. They just get off the boat and they talk about how Bruce talks about how his old ma told him not to fight. And his old ma gave him a necklace that reminds him not to fight. So Bruce and his uncle, uh, they get something to drink from a girl who's selling uh, cold drinks. And she's played by Nora Meow, who she'll be someone as well who's in a lot of these Bruce Lee films. And whoa, whoa, she's very fit, very fit. You're a fan, are you? Oh, yeah. I think she's one of the most like stunning actresses I've seen. Whoa, whoa. Anyway. Bruce got her away. Um, there was a rumour. There's rumours. Rumours, though. Rumours. So um, then some guys try and harass her and Bruce wants to defend her. But her uncle's like, oh, you know, leave out, mate. You promised your old ma you wouldn't, you wouldn't get involved. So there's a, 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 so then there's a kid selling rice cakes and the, these men, they eat the rice cakes. They refuse to pay the kid. And I think they slap the kid. The kid tells James Tien, uh, I'm just going to call, call, I'm not, I can't remember what the character's name is. So I'm just going to call him James Tien. So it'll make it more easy to identify. Um, yeah, the kid tells James Tien, 
you know, all that those get those blokes over there, they they stole me rice crackers and whatever you need. Obviously that's how they, they communicate in the film. You got me old rice cracker over there, mate, you fucking can't what? I'm gonna get them back from you. Yeah, that's basically what he said. Yeah, yeah, those bells over there, they they fucking dragged me at me rice crackers. Oh no, look, these fucking cunts. So James Chen takes them up, takes them on, starts fighting them, they all run off, and uh, James Chen chases after them. And Bruce Bruce and his uncle they then catch up with James Chen and they introduce themselves. James Chen is uh, Bruce's character's uh, cousin. So James takes them to his family house where he introduces Bruce to all of his cousins there. And all of them, they also work at this ice factory. And they go and sit down. And this female, who I believe is also Bruce Lee's cousin, um, walks in with drinks and they introduce them um and uh, and you know yeah she's his cousin so it's a bit weird when there's a bit of a sexual attraction between the two um, and incest you know all about that don't you no not really no i don't know where that's so i'll edit that bit out but <laughs> uh, but no yeah so it's, it's, it's a bit weird they're cousins and and they seem to be attracted to each other uh, and as you say it's it's personality at first sight you know that phrase personality at first sight you know oh yeah yeah girls use yeah. that one all the time don't they yeah, yeah, because look, looks don't matter, don't, you know, isn't that? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so when uh, when the uncle and the cousins uh, talk, they talk about Uncle Wang and how he, I think, he married a younger woman or something. But anyway, um, so they, they get Bruce a job at the ice factory. Now, Bruce's uncle takes Bruce to the ice factory and reminds Bruce of his promise not to get in trouble. James Tian takes uh, Bruce to meet the manager, gets him a job, and we see... Um, we, I think then the next scene we see is the manager is involved in a drug deal and he's talking to some smartly dressed man called Xiao Chen, guy in a polo shirt. We'll call him that guy. So so James introduces him to the manager. They, he gets the job. Find out he's later on that uh, the manager's in a drug deal. Uh, the manager's a drug dealer. And this is basically a front for a, a drugs operation. So then later on at night, um, they're walking off and they're walking past the casino and James Chen helps out a woman who's crying after her husband is in the casino gra- gambling her money away. And James Chen goes into the casino and shows the husband uh, the game is rigged. Uh, James Chen and Bruce are then approached by people who I, I presume they were you know, part of the people who were rigging the game and they want to beat up uh james chen and bruce lee so james chen beats them up and bruce sort of helps like with just a, like he, he sort of just like punches them in the crotch and he does like a double crotch punch so sort of briefly gets involved but still he's trying to keep his promise you know of, of not getting involved not not kicking off yeah yeah, yeah. And so, then, yeah go on to the uh the, the two fight scenes in this my favorite are the broken promise and the final fight which i love definitely yeah so next we see Chow Mei, she's washing clothes, and that guy in the polo shirt is harassing her, and Bruce comes and, you know, says, oh, leave off, you know, leave leave her alone, and, uh, and he backs off. So Bruce arrives, leave, leave her alone. Leave her alone, mate, leave out of it, get out of it. Yeah, so Bruce, Bruce arrives at work and meets the foreman, who's shouting at everyone, and he's moaning at Bruce for being late, and he tells Bruce, you know, you know, load the ice onto the chute. So Bruce does this. And I think because he pushes it so hard that he accidentally uh, breaks the 
the the slope that the the ice was going down and the the block of ice falls off the slope and it breaks in half and two workers um, who are bruce's cousins they look inside the block of ice and they find there's drugs in there but they they don't know what it is and i don't think like it's sort of made out like they've just found two mysterious packages and no one else like no no one else has cottoned on to the fact it's a front for drugs yet would have just been you know snow cone you know yeah it's just yeah exactly just some salt you know put salt inside the ice you know and, you know it's, it's why they do it it's no good form of packaging anyway so that's yeah the, it's a very uh do you think that's a smart choice for money laundering and an ice rink well i guess i guess he got his assets frozen yeah <laughs> Quite, Mike quite dropped there. Quite the big drop. Himself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So one of the more senior workers uh, at the ice factory takes the drugs, and um, another one of the senior workers punches Bruce in the face. Uh, and these two workers, they're sort of, it, we we find out they're sort of in on the drugs operation. Uh, and James Chang, like you know, get, you know, runs up to him and says, like you know, calm down, you know. Just, just leave off here leave off mate leave off so after everyone leaves the foreman asked the two workers who discovered the drugs to speak to the manager and the manager he uh he tries to cut them in on the drugs business and says you know you, you know you, you can make a lot of money if you you want to get involved and the two guys they say no nah, it's not for me so after they leave the manager's office, uh, the manager sends people to kill them. Um, the next day, James Chen asks where those co-workers were, the two cousins who, who were just killed. And James Chen goes to ask the manager. And then the manager says, oh, they went to see the boss, you know, the big boss. And James um, and, and says James can go if he wants. So uh, James Chen says it's strange because old Wang their their uncle went missing uh, and then these two so the manager says our oh, old wang went back home to find a wife so sort of implying that old wang might have been done in there as well so next we see at the boss's place he lives in like this big sort of this big uh, estate this big uh, big manor big house with like a massive garden and what have you and Just basically where a any successful uh, coke dealer would, would live picture that yeah, it's, it's like it's kind of like um like Mr. Sosa's house from Scarface. Yeah, picture yeah. Pablo Escobar in an Asian form. Yeah, yeah. So at the boss's place, the the boss displays how good of a fighter he is, as um like I think it's his son is is fight. He, well, no, you see some people fighting, and then the boss is like, now let me show you how it's done. And we like we see he's got some good like wuxia high jumps in there as well, and he's he's you know bashing people up and, and we see basically he can handle himself and we also find out the bloke in the polo shirt is the boss's son and and, and the boss's son seems to be wearing the same polo shirt as before so you know at least he was resourceful you know making yeah. use of the same shirt yeah yeah you know all about that don't you exactly exactly You've you know. the same bills on for five days now well, I mean, you know, I'm not leaving the house. No reason to change, really. You know. Talk yeah. about curry bombs. Yeah, but I don't. If he if he is rich though, if he's he's old man's rich, and he's rich as well, why isn't doesn't he, he buy him more than one shirt? Yeah, a bit strange. 
You'd have yeah. a fresh pair of webs every day, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So he asks his dad for money and talks about bringing Chow Mei over, um, you know, Bruce's cousin that he fancies, and sort of, yeah, saying, oh, there's this, this fit fit bird, you know, yeah, I'll bring her over. Um, and, yeah, quite quite a sinister, sinister tone there. So James and the co-worker, they go to this, this boss's place, and they ask about the workers and the big big the big boss um at, gets his son and some other henchmen to kill them and they have quite a good fight scene and you see james chen there you know he's com- he's competent but you can see here and in the ice lolly fight scene his moves are very robotic he doesn't I like that seem name that by the way the ice lolly fight scene. <laughs> yeah the the ice lolly um the ice this is where the disconnect is, though, because because Bruce Lee was a scouser, he wouldn't call it that. He'd call it the lolly ice fight scene. Yeah, the old the old lolly ice the, the lolly ice kerfuffle. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah, uh, after but you can see in those scenes and these fight scenes here with James Chen. Now James Chen, he, he's competent, you know, he's, he's performing the moves, but he doesn't seem natural. There no. also doesn't seem to be a lot of power in his shots. He's very robotic. Yeah, it's also the uh, the footwork as well, and uh, the the footwork is so noticeable, and especially in when we get to the final scene, like but but yeah, yeah, it's just it's far like it's, it's very choreographed that you're saying, isn't it? In comparison, yeah, definitely. It also seems that after he like after he does a kick or, or something, he he's seeming like he's like, and this goes for most of the fighters actually in the scene, uh, but he he'll do a kick and then it seems like he's like on the verge of losing his balance, like it doesn't seem like he's controlled like bruce yeah so um so yeah so just his face as well like he's got even more of a baby face than than bruce does mm, it's true yeah doesn't yeah. help does it like in the realism yeah he's not got a very like intimidating Strapping. face yeah yeah that's true actually yeah um so yeah basically they get done in the the the, the they they get killed and the cousins wait up for them to come back, but they don't come back. So Bruce consoles Chow Mei. Um, some great background music that's been played in, in this scene. So whatever that is, uh, you know, fair play to whoever made that music. It was it Chaz and Dave? Bit the old Chaz. Oh, too, too expensive. Couldn't afford them. <laughs> so the next day, Bruce and the other cousins try to find out information about them. Uh, Bruce turns up at the ice factory and the workers, they're asking for James Chen and the other co-workers who, who you know have also gone missing and all these ice factory workers they go on strike until they turn up so the more senior workers and the foreman they they tell everyone to go back to work and they refuse so they all start fighting and bruce you know he doesn't want to get involved he keeps holding his necklace and the fight goes on and one of the senior workers punches bruce in the face Bruce wants to fight, but he holds himself back. The manager sends people in to beat up the workers. Like a bus of people come in and they're all holding weapons and chains and knives. And the workers, they're getting beaten up. Uh, One of Bruce's cousins keeps saying to Bruce, go on, get stuck in here, son. And, uh, And Bruce, you know, he's still trying to hold himself back. But then someone lands on Bruce and Bruce pushes him off. But in doing this he sees that his necklace has come off and now don't touch a man's necklace don't touch a man's necklace now bruce is furious 
So now Bruce, he's involved and he screams and Bruce takes one, one, one of the, one of the henchmen out with a kick, then another one with a kick to the stomach, then an elbow to the back. And he takes out another one with a side kick to the stomach, mm -hmm. then brings his other leg around to kick him in the face. Bruce, it's he then... It's just amazing. And it's that, that where um, he gets, like, caught with a slap at the start, and he and it, there was pans in on his face, and you just know when it zooms in on his face, shit spots go down. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that, that visceral scream of, like, you know, it's... It, yeah, you can definitely tell how it provokes a, a reaction from your audience. It's quite like, a, you know, like, the, the rock. You need the rock that gets, gets punched or slapped, and he just gives you that, like, rock face. It's got, like, mm -hmm. the same similar, like, facial to that. Like, are you sure... You, you sure you should have done that? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Or as, or as much as I hate to say it, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, really. The mm. facial, when he gets hit and then he's and he starts hulking up, he's like, you, it's a bit like that. It's like, oh, you're in trouble now. Um, yeah. yeah. So then Bruce tells everyone to to stop, tells all the henchmen to stop, and he tells, you know, the workers, his cousins, uh, to step aside. And Bruce says says to the henchmen, if they want to fight someone they'll then he'll take them on and we get a cool low angle shot of bruce so then one of the henchmen walks towards bruce with a knife and bruce kicks it out of their hands and then while the knife is still in the air he kicks the man in the head knocking him down then we go back to the low angle shot again and then he challenges the rest of the henchmen as all the workers cheer the rest of the men step forward and we get a point of view shot from from their perspective as bruce steps back and kicks one then we get a shot of bruce kicking someone in the face with one leg then immediately following it up with uh, another kick to the same fighter with That's the so other leg that, that, that little sequence isn't it oh it's beautiful that, again beautiful. you can sorry just two beautiful kicks in a row Oh yeah, and you you can definitely you can see like as I was saying like you know James Chen before looking very robotic and yeah. and you know, struggling to maintain his balance. Where Bruce, it's like you can see right here the difference. Right, he's he's controlled, he's measured. Yeah. It's it's like it is graceful watching him fight. Effortless, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Then we get another low angle shot of Bruce punching another person twice and then following through with his punches and holding his pose to show how much power he's using, which is another thing as well. Like you can definitely tell like the dance background, how it's been useful to him, because like after he does these big moves, he holds his pose like, you know, Posture. Just, he's, yeah, he's posture just to show how how much impact he's using. And just, you know, it's a visual for format. You know, you want to make it look visually interesting on the screen yeah but he does it where it's uh, it's not like too much either. it's not like doing some cheesy like taunt or whatever like he's just there he's standing there it looks cool looks dominant looks in control like you said definitely yeah uh, we then get a wider higher angle shot of bruce um taking out three people in a semicircle with a kick each he then warns all the other fighters who are left and all the other fighters go, no, we're not having a bit of him. So they all they all get off, and all all the henchmen, and they all get on the bus and they they up it away. And all the co-workers they surround him, and they lift Bruce up and say, you know, Bruce, you're a quality geezer. Um, and and yeah, Bruce, he sees that his necklace is broken. He's a bit gutted, but on, on the whole, great great directing, great fighting, and and yeah. 
it just shows here like if these were the dailies that they saw that you can see why they went with bruce as the 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 main the, the main star of the film because it's just night and day he's fighting from everyone else's fighting yeah and even like probably the next scene we'll get into next fight scene um, with James Tien, you know, what happens there. Like, that, that's still a good scene, but like you said, it's just, it just, it pales in comparison to, to Bruce, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, the manager calls Bruce into his office, and one of the manager's men comes out um, and puts a piece of paper on the wall that says Bruce is the new foreman. Bruce comes out, and the workers lift him up. They're all celebrating. Um, so the next scene we see Bruce is celebrating with his cousins as they all walk home and they're doing like a funny march. Uh, it's, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite nice, a nice moment there. And when they get home, Chow May says, "Hold on, hold on. What about James Chen?" Everyone goes, "Oh yeah, shit, sure, I forgot about that. Yeah, what's, what's going on with that geezer?" Is that all he said? What's going on with him? Yeah, what's going on with him? What's, what are you all celebrating here? What about James Chen? What's happened to him? And they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot about that. Down the next head, mate. We need to go get him from the next head. Yeah, he's there. I need to go get him, mate. Where's he Where's he been? And and Bruce says, you know, he'll check it out the next day. You know, he says, yeah, calm down, love. I'll sort it out the next day. Anyway, the next day hold at the on, ice... Hold on. hold on, hold on. You know, let's not get carried away here. Let's, you know, ne- next day we'll sort it out. Anyway, so the next day... Um, at the ice factory, Bruce leaves the manager's office and tells all of his co-workers that the manager said he went to the police and that if they're not back by nightfall, one of them should go to the authorities. Then we cut to like nighttime and the cousins are at home. They're preparing dinner and they're saying they should wait for Bruce as he's not back from his talk with the authorities. Um, and we see Bruce... And the manager having actually a more lavish dinner in their own private room. And some of the men who Bruce was fighting before come in with very attractive girls who I believe are prostitutes. And yeah. And some, Says it all right there. Yeah. Some, very fit though. Very fit. So you, they, they. You were done, yeah. I've just read as well. Apparently, one of the. Uh, the woman that plays one of the prostitutes in this, um, her second name was Batista, Marilyn Batista. No idea if they're related, but... Yeah, I've got that here as well, yeah. Marilyn Batista, what a quality name. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they start doing drinking games with Hennessy, and they keep telling Bruce to drink, and this is in a cup with his cousins back at, back at their gaff, having a much more modest dinner. Um, and yeah, we be in a cut between the cousins you know, having having it's sort of the class struggle there. You know, the the workers having their modest dinner, and then Bruce having this feast. You know, he's on the sesh, he's having a great time. He's breaking wood. Uh, he's he thinks some re- I think he's sort of hallucinating, and he thinks this prostitute um, is Chow May, so he starts chasing her. Um, yeah, a bit dodgy. Um, Probably. Yeah. Been on that wacky backy again. Well, you know, I mean, we, that, maybe that was in a deleted scene. Um, <laughs> what do you think he yeah. was drinking on the on set? Because obviously he didn't actually drink, did he? No, yeah, I think. Well, I think in this scene, I think it was Hennessy. I think that's what the, the bottle was um, that they were drinking. That's what apple juice, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, you mean what they're actually drinking? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah and yeah the main prostitute is called marilyn batista um what a quality name as, as you mentioned um yeah. we we then cut to chow mum of, uh, mum of that gigolo dave batista well 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 don't, i don't don't know dave batista's a gigolo but, but. but he'd make a good one though imagine that imagine paying for his services oh Talk yeah about a third leg that's like a Oof. ninth leg Oh, mate, he's got the most famous third leg in the business. Oh, oh, oh. We then cut. He was actually in a martial arts film, wasn't he? He was in that film with Rizzo. The um, yeah, yeah. I forgot what it was called, but yeah. Uh, mm. uh, oh shit! What was it called? It's like iron something, wasn't it? Iron something iron. I don't know. Do a bit of ironing. Something about ironing. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the man with the iron fists. That's the one. That, yeah. That's it, yeah. Iron Fist. Soundtrack album for as well. If you've never listened to it, uh, get on it. Will do, yeah. But uh, at this time, Bruce is getting on it. Uh, He's, you know, having the sesh. Uh, We then cut to Chow Mei crying and one of his cousins trying to console her. We then cut to Bruce in bed waking up with the prostitute who was, um, was lying on top of him. And groping him as he sleeps. So I I don't know. Did Bruce Lee get raped here? It, it it's it's sort of like it, the way I saw the scene. Bruce Lee was asleep. He drunk too much, passed out, and then this woman got naked and just started to have it away with him. I mean, yeah. that's that's rape, is it? Yeah, that's the, the the one of the the first scenes of a hypnol being being used on the on the big screen. So Bruce gets dressed. And leaves um, and leaves the brothel, and Chow Mei sees him walking out of the brothel, and she's upset. So then Bruce goes to the ice factory, and the workers they ask, "Oh, where were you last night?" Um, and and they ask if he went to the police station, and Bruce says he forgot, and that the manager asked him to go to dinner, and so all the workers turn against Bruce. And it's very interesting. Like it seems to be like a, it's it's like a, it's a good sort of depiction of class and how like you know the upper classes to stifle the workers they'll they'll bring in one of their own and turn them against they'll, they'll turn them against their colleagues it's um very interesting it's a bit like that film sorry to bother you actually they had all of the protesters mm-hmm. so they they promoted one of the protesters up so he became one of the establishment and yeah it's it's, it's very interesting actually like, yeah, yeah, that was a really good film as well about uh, about class division, wasn't it? Definitely recommend that. Yeah, it's a bit like Star Wars as well. It's like you know, the person who who's going against you, bring them in, bring bring them, and then have them work against their former colleagues. You know, it's mm. um very interesting, like very interesting power dynamic that exists in business and in yeah. in in society. Really, I mean, that's you know you. As, as they say, you can't beat them, join them, you know. That's how it works, isn't it? Convince it is, them, yeah. yeah, the opposition, competition, and then you know, you know, you manipulate them and use your power. And that's, I could never you be um, into that sort of power. I don't think I don't, I don't think I have the manipulative mindset to do that. But if you do, fair play to you. Yeah, yeah. Bruce then asked the manager where his cousins are. Um, you know, says to the ma- manager, you know, where where are my old cousins. And uh, the manager says, oh, you've got to speak to the old big boss. So Bruce goes to the boss's gaff and there are these four massive dogs that try and go after Bruce and he jumps over them. 
And that, that's another reason why I like Cats, because, you know, if, if they were Cats, they're trying to attack Bruce. Bruce could have just sorted him out, could have just kicked him in the face and he'd be done with, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. that's what you used to do sometimes, isn't it, with uh, Bob and Jerry, when you need to set them straight? No, I've never attacked my Cats. No. <laughs> Even if I tried, I think Bob and Jerry would, would sort me out anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Very true. So Bruce goes to the boss's gaff. And uh, the boss uh, invites Bruce in and they sit down. Uh, and one of the girls who works for the boss uh, gives them some drinks. And in doing so, she spills one of the drinks. And we see the the boss blow a dart at her. The boss talks about the rumours, uh, about the rumours about, you know, the workers. He says they're not true and says not to worry about his cousins and says he'll report it to the police. So the boss's son, the, the guy in the polo shirt, he comes in and he says, I think he's still wearing the same polo shirt, by the way. So, you know, whatever shirt <laughs> that is. Yeah. Whatever shirt the head is. of a, a washing machine, bro. Yeah. He's getting good value for money, though. So, you know, yeah. So the boss's son comes in and says he's been looking everywhere and he can't find them. And, um, and yeah, still wearing the same shirt. Then the boss pretends to be angry and tells uh, tells his son and his other other henchmen to keep looking. And Bruce leaves and the boss tells his henchmen to watch Bruce and tells his son to bring the girl that he was talking about the other day, which, of course, is Chow May. So they, they put on this big like show just to basically throw Bruce off the scent and make make it look like, oh, yeah, we're we're concerned. We're looking for your cousins. But. You know they've done them in, and they 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 know that anyway. Deep, deep, very deep. Uh, Bruce returns home, and no one is speaking to him. However, Chow Mei seems to forgive him, and uh, brings him something to eat. And uh, Bruce and Chow Mei, Chow Mei, they take a walk. Anyway, it's night time, and Bruce goes back to the brothel, and he asks Marilyn, um, the woman who who works as a prostitute, who he was with before. Um, and uh, and she seems to want to have it away, and he's saying, nah, "Sorry, love, I've got to, you know, I've got some other stuff to do, mate." So he uh, he 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 tells her about his cousin's disappearing, and she says his life might be in danger, and that and tells uh, Bruce that they store drugs in the ice, and she shows him marks that the that the boss gave her, which of course are similar to the marks that the boss gave the woman that he shot with the dart. But Bruce leaves, and as soon as Bruce leaves, the boss's son turns up, because um, the boss's son had been following him, and he comes in and stabs Marilyn. So, yeah, she's brown bread. Uh, at, yeah, yeah. I don't know about this film as well. They they love using the those little daggers a lot, don't they? Brutal. Oh, they, they do, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stabbing going on here. Blood and a lot of guts. They love yeah. it. Yeah, at Bruce's um, Bruce's family's house, the men in masks come in and they abduct Chow May. We then see Bruce go to the ice factory, and this is night time which is happening, and he's looking around with a flashlight. Bruce then chisels the ice and sees that there's drugs in the ice, and sees his cousin uh, is also been is also in the ice and sees that you know his cousin's dead. And the lights come on and we see the boss's son with a group of henchmen, all with weapons. Bruce throws his torch at one of them, then throws dirt at more of them, uh, sort of blinding them. 
Bruce then ducks and attack, front kicks someone else trying to attack him and stabs someone else. Then someone standing on planks above him tries to hit him with a chain. Bruce drags him off the planks and stabs him. Bruce then takes someone out with a side kick, then takes someone out with a low kick, then takes, uh, then kicks someone in the face, then ducks someone else throwing, throwing a weapon at him, stands up and takes someone out with the chisel. Then throws the chisel at another another one of the henchmen, stabbing them. Bruce then realizes he's standing on a saw which has been covered up. He picks it up, ducks an attack behind him, kicks someone to the side of him. Then he seems to throw the saw. He then kicks someone who's holding a wooden pole, breaking it in two, and then kicks them, sending them flying oh, through flying, the wooden. Yeah, yeah he got flying through the wooden walls. But a, a Looney Tunes kind of bump there. <laughs> I always wonder, like, uh, how that stunt would work. Like, I don't know, did he just get thrown out of a cannon? Because, or do you think Bruce actually has that in him to kick someone that far? I think he, he, he oh, he definitely, I think he has it in him. But yeah, I imagine there was, they did some kind of, I imagine, I don't know, maybe they cut out the the shape that they needed and he just threw through. <laughs> but it had a gimmicked wall, basically, I, I imagine. What we um, call sick bump. Sick bump, that, yeah. Uh, so Bruce Trump jumps through this hole and he's outside and there's four people outside waiting for him. Bruce takes two out with punches, then runs off as the other men chase him. Bruce then stops as they surround him in a circle. Bruce then kicks one, jumps out of the circle um, and then they all surround him again. Uh, Bruce then kicks the person in front of him in the stomach, then kicks the person behind him, then kicks someone in the head to the side of him. So then the, the old foreman goes to attack him and Bruce turns around his punch while grabbing his old bollocks and flings him into another person who bumps heads with him. He then dives down and kicks someone who tries to attack him from behind. Bruce then backs up to the wooden wall of the shed as the four men face him. Free throw knives, which Bruce dodges and all the knives land in the wall. Bruce then throws the knives back at them stabbing stabbing all of them in the process then another person goes to attack bruce and he punches him three times and knocks him through the wall and when he knocks him through the wall there's an outline of him in the wood um you <laughs> can't, can't yeah it's kind of like a looney tunes cartoon yeah and then it's him and the son the guy in the polo shirt who has bruce, a bruce injecting that hepatitis into him again licking his own blood what a bad man he is and beat yeah. the shit out of this guy, don't he? Yeah, this this guy gets gets what's coming. So, uh, so yeah, it's him and the son, and the son has a knife, and they they at first they dodge each other's moves. Then someone tries to attack Bruce from behind, and Bruce kicks them, and the son takes this opportunity to attack Bruce and stabs him in the shoulder. This creates a big gash. And it's at this moment where we first see Bruce licking his own blood. Yeah. He is a bad man in this in this scene. You know, like that, that shot is great. Definitely. Then he goes after the son and uh, kicks him in the face. He then knocks the knife out of his hand and kicks it away. Then, then the son runs onto... Uh, runs onto the the chute that they were using earlier to to put the ice down and bruce then gets up there and attacks him and the son 
goes to the edge of the chute and tries to punch Bruce and Bruce blocks it and punches him a few times ending with a punch in the stomach where he holds his pose and the sun goes down and it appears to be that the sun is now dead brown bread brown bread and, and, and then there's just that shot of him where he's just squeezing his fist isn't he it's just like all that anger there it's just in that moment was relieved yeah and just yeah just, I, I caught just uh, unbelievable scene that's just yeah do you think this is the scene. best scene in the film best fight scene certainly yeah i think so yeah 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 i'd say so as well yeah, and I think this is probably the most we, we get to see Bruce actually like using weapons as well. This is definitely the most graphic scene. Um, That's what I like about it, though, especially like the bit with the knives as well, how close they were to his face and just throws them back at them. It's, uh, it's quite gruesome, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a boss scene. Hey, definitely. boss scene. Hey, you like the old pun there, the old pun there. Um, and yeah, I think apparently I think there was um, there was a scene in there was a bit in this fight scene where I think Bruce saw someone in the head um, a bit, you know, it's sort of Scarface like. But oh, yeah. I think, yeah, but I think they in the version I saw, they must have cut it out. But yeah, I think in like subsequent yeah. releases, they've, they've cut it out. But yeah, oh, if you watch okay. the, the original, then yeah, gruesome, gruesome. Anyway, yeah, I haven't seen one I've seen. So yeah, maybe you'll, uh, maybe go Again, because I'd like to see someone's head getting sawed off. That'd be quite fun. It's not, not, not for me. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Bruce, Bruce then runs home and he sees that while he's been away, you know, fighting all the guys in the ice factory, all of his cousins, they're brown bread. They've all been killed. They've all been stabbed. And, uh, and Bruce, you know, he, he gets the hump. You know, as you would, you know, see all your cousins are dead. You'd be, like, oh, geez, that's not, that's yeah, not crazy. Yeah, what's going on there? Brown bread, mate. The brown bread. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, mate? Oh, Jesus. Oh, all dead. So, Bruce, he then sits by a river uh, with two knives and thinks about what he's going to do, uh, who's going to take care of his old ma. He then decides that he's um, he's going to sort them all out and he's going to be able to avenge his cousins. So he slings his bag into the river um, and, you know, I don't... Yeah, you know, a bit of fly tip in there, not great, but you know, he's no one's perfect. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't say like we had this film that Bruce is this archetype uh, hero figure. He litters. He's a litter bug. Yeah, to be fair, like in that scene with all the weapons going on, you know, as it's good, you know, protecting yourself, uh, you know, defeating the bad guys. But there's a lot of littering going on, you yeah. know. There's a lot of, you know, that he doesn't pick up. Like he, when he flung the chisel and the saw and everything, he's not picking picking yeah. them up. He didn't clean up, did he? So yeah. No recycling bins present. No recycling bins. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, so slings the bag into the river and then starts legging it. And I believe here, this is where there's the cut scene where in the uh, in the cutout version I was watching, he just turns up at the boss's house uh, eating some crackers. But in the original uh, rice crackers, I should say, uh, where in the original there's actually a scene here where Bruce goes back to the brothel and sleeps uh, with another girl working as a prostitute and then takes her rice crackers um so so yeah that's the scene i was talking about earlier so yeah we see bruce turn up at the boss's gaff um and the henchmen try to attack bruce with knives bruce then throws his jacket in one of their faces 
and his bag bag of crackers in the other one's face and kicks two of them in the bollocks and then kicks one in the stomach dives down and takes out another one's legs and then gets the knives out of gets his knife out of his socks uh, gets his knives out of his socks and attacks two of the people standing over him he tells them to go but they don't listen they go for him so he kicks one of them then strikes another with a knife and stubs stabs another one with a knife then one of them tries to attack him from behind bruce slashes his arm then one comes flying out of the sky and bruce slashes him in the stomach then fly kicks him into the water then another one tries to attack him and he slashes him with the knives and hits him with a combination of three kicks and that that guy lands in the water then he walks towards the boss as the last the last henchman tries to attack him from behind bruce kneels down and throws a knife into his stomach which is pro- proper cool the way he does it like he sort of he, i don't think he breaks his gaze with the boss he just like he walk, walks to him sees the other guy bam. and the, the boss then he lobs his his bird cage onto a tree branch uh, good aim good aim um <laughs> And Bruce throws a knife at the cage and it bursts open and the, the birds fly away. So that's nice. You know, birds are free. Um, yeah. yeah Bruce so I mean, we were saying we're very environmental friendly, but there we go. A little bit there. Yeah, exactly. Pete, Peter watching that be like, yeah, good on you, Bruce. Yeah. Good on <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I hope that's what his intention was. I hope he wasn't trying to do do in the bird, and he just accidentally set him free. I hope that wasn't, wasn't what's going it's on. Ba- it's just bad aim. Just bad aim, yeah. So Bruce and the boss they square off, and Bruce hits him with a combination of combination of kicks that send the boss back. The boss then jumps over to Bruce, tries to hit him. Bruce blocks his attack, tries to kick the boss who move who moves back. Then the the boss dodges Bruce's attack, hits him in the face and gets him in an arm drag takeover. Bruce yeah. then takes out his leg, sending him flying over. And they this both get up slowly. This seems uh, so much as you, you start seeing like, the submissions and the takedown, like the real, the realistic uh, fighting styles. Um, that's what I think stood out to me as like the most realistic fight scene in the, in the film. Yeah, definitely. And also the... I think of all of Bruce's one-on-one fights, this is probably the longest one. This one we see an actual, like, real extended mm. battle, and it's it's got that mixture of the Cantonese opera style as well, um, which yeah. I think works really nicely. I really like it. Yeah, because so, like you need mm. a bit of that as well, like that unrealism, like because it's a film at the end of the day, so you need a bit of that as well, don't you? Yeah, definitely. So they both get up slowly, and Bruce tries to attack the boss. But the boss avoids his kicks and blocks his punches and rips off Bruce's sleeve as Bruce throws as Bruce throws him with one arm. And now we see Bruce's shirt is hanging down, giving him uh, an iconic look. And if you see our logo, that's where the that's where it comes from. The shot of Bruce with his shirt dangling around him. You've got them gains flaunt it. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, let, let's not pretend that's probably another big reason this film was massively successful. You seen the abs on Bruce? Oh, yeah. soggy muggies everywhere. Oh mate, imagine imagine if he hung dong, then oh it would have been like could have gone to the next level. It's just uh, penetration fighting, penetration fighting, penetration <laughs> fighting until the film just ends. Just ends. 
<laughs> Bruce then jumps. I think the boss moves. Bruce kicks him in the face. Bruce then hits him in the face, in the stomach, then in the face. And they then avoid each other's strikes. Then Bruce kicks him to the ground. And from the ground, the boss kicks Bruce. The boss then tries to hit him quickly and Bruce blocks it. Bruce then tries to attack the boss and he avoids it and grabs his arm. Then they have some nice sort of fancy footworkers that both men are trying to get the advantage and their arms sort of tangled up as they're both grabbing each other. Bruce then picks up the boss and throws him and uh, the boss lands on his feet. Bruce then goes for a fly kick and the boss moves. Bruce then lands and so we get a point of view shot from the from Bruce's perspective as Bruce that Bruce then backhands him and hits him with kicks as the boss moves back. They both then jump in the air as Bruce fly kicks him. Then after they land back down, they both face off again. They then block each other's shots and Bruce hits him with a series of punches. The boss goes down and pull, pulls out his knives and slashes Bruce across the stomach. Bruce then rips off his sleeve and gets out his knife and they both try to attack each other with knives and they dodge each other's shots. One of the girls who works for the boss um, frees Chow Mei and Chow Mei runs off. Then Bruce and the boss stand off. Bruce sees a grey shirt on the floor, which I believe was a shirt he was wearing. He picks it up and flings it at the boss. And he's uh, and the boss's arm gets caught. Then That's he a cool move that one. Oh yeah, using his surroundings, you know, to help yeah. him out. Then he kicks the boss's knife out of his other hands. The boss then rips the shirt away, and he and Bruce face off again. The boss still has one knife left. The boss cuts Bruce in the face and in the leg. He then goes for another slash, and Bruce grabs his arm and kicks him down. Then they jump in the air and the boss slashes Bruce. They land and Bruce gets the boss's leg in a grapevine yeah. type move. Just before this as well, when he when he does, he catches him under the eye. They pants mm. to the big boss and you could just see in that moment then like the fear on his face because like he's just he just caught him twice with the knife and he's still not back down. He's still on his feet. You know, he's got the upper hand and you can just see the fear in his face. Yeah, some great, great camera work here. Um, and so yeah, when they when they land, Bruce gets him. Uh, Bruce gets the boss's legs in a grapevine type move, and they roll over. And it seems like they. Um, and I, it seems I don't know. It looks like they might have used this same shot more than once. But anyway, who knows? So <laughs> it does happen, like to be fair, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does seem a bit. It seems a bit similar to to the shot they used before. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the, the the boss he must have he must have got to the rope somewhere as, as he breaks the hold. <laughs> Figure uh, four like manoeuvre though, isn't it? It's like the um, mm. it's more like the in, Indian Deathlock, isn't it? A Shall little we, bit. Yeah. He probably got that from a uh, Jean LaBelle, maybe. So yeah. all that all that that submission and grappling and he learned from him. It's paying um yeah, you're seeing it in the films now, so that that's dead cool, especially if you're a fighting fan. I'd i definitely go out and just watch this if you don't want to watch the film, watch this scene, the final fight with the big boss, because yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of MMA stuff is in there as well. Definitely, yeah. So the Bruce releases the hold as the boss breaks free 
and stands over Bruce with with uh, a knife. As Bruce grabs his arms, they struggle and they have a test of strength. Bruce then flips over the boss. The boss then kicks Bruce over while the boss is on the ground in a type of like monkey flip manoeuvre. The boss then throws his knife at Bruce, who goes to the ground and sticks the sole of his foot out and propels the knife back at the boss's stomach. That's and so good, man. Clap. So cool, yeah. Again, probably not very realistic, that, that bit there. <laughs> no, but... I mean, the, the knife would probably go through his foot. Yeah. We'll let him off. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, the boss grabs his stomach and, uh, and yeah, blood just starts squeezing out. Uh, then Bruce punches the boss in the face and the boss goes down. And Bruce... He's leaning over him and just keeps punching him over and over and over and over and over until mm. Bruce ties himself out and he just lies on top of the boss. And you yeah. see him exhausted and Bruce has finally killed the big boss. Yeah. But, just relentless, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. It just wouldn't stop. Like it's uh, it was so gruesome as well. Like, yeah. Like the, this this scene and the Ice Factory fight scenes too amazing fight scenes so definitely go out your way to check them out definitely yeah uh, yeah just um yeah and just the expression on his face as well as he's just like just all the frustration mm-hmm. just being released right there as he as he does as he does him in um, yeah it's like that like in you see in loads of hollywood style films you know when someone dies and they die in their arms and it's a bit all cheesy and they just they just sort of um, lay the head down on the chest or the belly. Well, Bruce does this after like killing him, but it's it's not it's done so well. It's executed so well. Yeah, yeah, and I love it when Bruce he just sort of he just sort of falls over on him, just in exhaustion. He's just he's yeah. just done. Uh, but but sadly for Bruce, we see Chowmain turn up as she arrives with police officers, and they arrest Bruce. And the film ends with Bruce getting taken away by the police and just see the look of despair on Bruce's face as he gets turned away. And he's basically just sacrificed himself to avenge the death. Yeah, I really like the model of this this film. It's essentially about family, about protecting families and about the love for your family. And he'll Mm. do any means necessary to to protect that love. Yeah. And, and, And also it's like talking before about the Hong Kong riots. And and the kind of anti-authoritarian sentiment that was around in Hong Kong at the time and present in their films, and this is a great example of it because it's 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 all about the the upper class, the um the 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 the, the establishment machine trying to break down the workers and exploiting the workers and how you know try exploiting the workers by trying to make one of them. Uh, can't make the strongest member turn against the other ones and um and yeah you can you can see why this connected with all audiences at the time and i quite enjoyed the film actually i thought it was pretty good yeah yeah i mean i love the fight scenes and uh, because I, I haven't watched the film but mm. uh, you know maybe i'll go check it out but um uh, it probably is the opinion right that maybe it's not his best film but it does have some of his, his best fight scenes in Definitely, yeah. yeah. If nothing else, check it out for the fight scenes. And yeah, this film, The Big Boss, would go on to be the most successful most successful film in the history of Hong Kong cinema at this point. Yeah, for a year. 
Yeah. So uh, good, though, man. Like, like uh, box office, they grossed at the time what would be 50 million US dollars on a budget of 100,000. Just uh, unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently, yeah, when, when the film premiered, uh, after the film finished, there was a silence in the audience and then just uproarious applause. And yeah, the, the movie broke box office records in Hong Kong. Um, and the, the records w- were held previously by Judy Andrews, The Sound of Music. So obviously going back decades. Um, and it opened in 16 theaters in Hong Kong and took $372,000 in the first day. And it passed it passed one one million pounds apparently here uh, mark in three days um yeah breaking all the records and over the three week week run in local theaters it grossed 3.2 million pounds and the china mail estimated that 1.2 million people in hong kong went to see it and that's considering hong kong's population was only four million so uh, over one in four people went to see the film apparently and and yeah this was a massive success and now bruce lee the biggest star in hong yeah. kong cinema and that's where we leave you on this part of the journey yeah definitely uh it's been a good one just as well with the film i'll just end on on saying that like most of his films yeah it's not outdated like if you watch films back from that era like 60 70 you know the likes of the they did a lot of religious films like your ben hairs and you know all those type of films and you watch them and like do obviously at the time magnificent epics but they are a bit dated but what you find with the with bruce lee's films even now the fighting and all of all of it it's still not dated to this day like you watch it and you still you like the people were in that cinema when they seen it, your, your jaws, your jaw kind of drops watching it. So yeah, mm. just wants to make the point that uh, his films and the fighting recently um, starts here, and it, it it's still it's still great to this day. It's not dated. Exactly, Bruce Lee will never be dated, and and probably I'll never be dated as well. Actually, in a very <laughs> in a very different way. That's mm. true. But you date Bruce Lee? I date Bruce Lee if I was if I was. But, but yeah, no, yes, good, great point there. Um, yeah, it's it's one of them where especially at the time like that imagine watching i i can i i remember when we when we were uh, back at the time when i was drinking and we we was in um bournemouth i think no it was brighton brighton that was it and i was saying how bruce lee is a bit like the stone cold i compare him to like 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 how american fans must feel when they first watch stone cold steve austin Imagine like all these other guys are like Bret Hart with their, you know, they're doing more elaborate moves and that and, and, and more sort of maybe more fancy work. But Bruce Lee just comes and he's taking on the authority figures, you know, and he's just he's going out there and it's just just it just just the it just stands out. And it's just yeah, it's uh, just raw and visceral the, the way that he, he does his fight scenes and the simplistic way that he takes someone out with one kick and you yeah. could do it three kicks and take three people out he's yeah. yeah just stands out from everything else at, at the time and and i think captures the mood of the public and uh and yeah propelled yeah. him to stardom that's right great start and the, there's best yet to come as well there's better yet to come so it's a good start but it only gets better from here so yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bow out on that and just uh, just a quick one as well, just to make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram. That's why they were quality. 
Facebook's That's Why They're Quality podcast. We've got a website there as well. That's why they were quality.com. And uh, don't forget Lewis Sanchez on Tinder as well to all the ladies and on Grinder as well. Not on Grinder, if I was though, but I'm not on Grinder. But yeah, on Tinder, plenty of fish, all of that business. Um, check me out. I don't really have many standards. Um, so if anyone else there doesn't have standards, then we let's let's go. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much. Um, and yeah, keep tuned. That's why I have a quality on Spotify and Geese Nation on YouTube. Um, content is coming thick and fast here. Thick and fast, eh? Like Bruce Lee's third leg. Thanks again, Lou. Another good one. Yeah, another another brilliant one. Thanks, thank you very much, Geezer. And uh, we'll we'll see you geezers later.